you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at laist.com sweeps. Hi, this is Larry Mantle, host of Air Talk on KPCC. Since the start of the coronavirus pandemic, we've had a daily segment on Air Talk devoted to the latest information about COVID-19. As time's gone on, we've looked at vaccines and how the virus and pandemic have affected the lives of Southern Californians. That includes doctors, nurses, epidemiologists, and other medical professionals fighting the virus on the front lines. In each episode, of this podcast, we'll speak with one of our experts on the rotating panel of AirTalk guests who will be sharing their expertise with us daily. You can also listen anytime at las.com, kpecc.org, or subscribe wherever you download podcasts. It's my pleasure to talk with UC Irvine's Dr. Shruti Gohill. I haven't had the chance of talking with her in weeks now, as she's Professor of Medicine and Associate Medical Director for Epidemiology and Infection Prevention at the UCI School of Medicine. Dr. Gohill, welcome back. It's so good to get to talk with you again. It's great to be back. Sorry, been busy. No, I I know, and I appreciate you taking this time out of your very busy schedule. It means a lot. So let's start first about uh, child vaccinations. Elementary age kids looks like could start getting those shots as early as the latter part of next week. Your thoughts on the timeline? Yeah. Oh, it couldn't be in um, you know couldn't be in more perfect uh, time. I, I wish it was just a, li- a few more weeks earlier. Um, in time for this cold and flu season, um, I think getting a, a vaccine, at, you know, just before we expect um, things to really kick off for the sniffles um, is just it's it's good timing. And we should really again, this is a strong arming moment in which uh, as many kids as we can get vaccinated um, it, during this time could really help out, uh, help us out uh, this this season. I've, I've seen that there have been some experts who've thought that a uh, relatively high percentage of kids have probably already been exposed to COVID. There might be some degree of, of uh, natural immunity in the population because kids, uh, perhaps with their strong immune response, were not symptomatic in the majority of cases, etc. Um I'm wondering about your thoughts of that versus the more robust protection that vaccination might afford the kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that, first of all, you know, studies on long-term immunity in children are, are lacking in comparison to the adults. So we don't really fully know. But what we, we do know right now is that um, where we're seeing COVID propagate, where uh, it right now is in the younger uh, groups. Um, and so they remain a group that has, you know, some degree of lack of immunity such that we're seeing COVID propagate in, in the younger children. So, so at least that's some kind of epidemiologic clue that natural immunity is not everything for this particular group. The second thing to, to note is that uh, you can, even though they're, they're younger people, um, you can derive some information 
from the fact that immunity does wane in natural infection. It's not nothing. It is true that it's it's worthwhile to think of the fact that, fine, you know, if you got infected, you will have um, some more soldiers ready to fight uh, if you get a reinfection. Sure, that's, that's basic information. But what we're finding is the potency and the immediacy of those soldiers coming to the fore to do the fighting, um, that it gets delayed such that you end up sick and more likely to um, have consequence if you're not immunized. And um, we're seeing that. We're seeing that with natural infection. You do see um, patients uh, still uh, requiring hospitalization or getting more severe illness. Um, so it's worthwhile to consider in this younger group. We're talking with UC Irvine's Dr. Shruti Gohill. She's taking your questions about COVID-19 and vaccination at 866-893-5722. You can also email us. Please include your first name and location, atcomments at kpecc.org. Uh, I want to be careful how I say this because it, it's just a, a little uptick. We're not talking about, um, you know, some... some uh, thing of huge concern, but we do see the positivity rate has risen just a bit in Los Angeles County, up about 5%. California generally uh, is up about 25% over the past seven-day average. Your thoughts on how much attention we should pay to that? Yeah, you you said it so perfectly. It is a little little uptick and and noted, and it's raising about you know a quarter of our eyebrows. All of us are looking carefully, and uh, uh, it's worth noting. And listen, um, everybody in my business, I think we all are fully expecting a little baby or mini surge. We hope it's a mini surge, you know, unless some new mutant arrives um, this cold uh, and flu season. Uh, even though the data has been mixed on whether or not this thing is uh, seasonal, uh, it is clear that the biggest surges that did happen are in the colder time. So we're expecting that to happen. We also know that people congregate more around this holiday season. So insofar as all of this is true, many of us are fully expecting a bit of an uptick. Um, we think that California will remain, you know, with our vaccination rate kind of flatter um, than most places uh, and that's our greatest hope, and that hopefully we come out of this nothing like 2021. I have no statistics uh, to to in any way uh, tether this to an objective observation. But just anecdotally, I've heard about a fair number of people who've been dealing with things like flu. And of course, the concern is, is this COVID-19, but they've tested negative for COVID. And I'm just wondering what you're seeing at, at UCI Medical Center. Does it appear that we're, we're starting? to uh, experience the flu season? Yes, um, we are definitely seeing uh, a whole host of viruses, uh, parainfluenza. Uh, the influenza itself has has come on the scene. It's not in huge numbers yet. Uh, and then the regular old cold flu, even though you know you have the right symptoms and then you get tested for COVID and you're COVID negative, but you, you clearly have a cold. Um, so that, that activity is going on. It's upswinging. Um, and so it's confusing the picture a bit. And I will say, yes, we have seen a little baby uptick here on COVID as well. Okay. We're talking with UC Irvine's Dr. Shruti Gohill. Katie in Omaha, Nebraska, emailed us at atcomments at kpcc.org. I've been hearing that cloth masks are no longer considered a top option compared to N95 and KN95 masks or even surgical masks. Uh, Could you highlight some of the differences between the types of masks and what you think the best option is? 
Yeah, I think context matters a lot. Um, I think cloth masks are quite reasonable and breathable in the large amount, uh, large um, number of sort of community level gatherings. When you're in a, a crowd, uh, um, you know, that, that, that changes the number of interactions you might have and how much um, air is exchanged, it would, depending on what location you're in, fine. So in that type of a scenario, I could see being a little bit more careful about a well-fitted mask. I think the biggest thing that you should think about is how well does your mask fit and close your nose and mouth area and keep you comfortable at the same time. So uh, not losing our heads over all of this. Um, I, do you really need an N95? You know, I, I really don't believe, I still, at the end of the day, this is in the community setting, a largely uh, droplet disease. Every now and again, you might have airborne activity like singing or something, uh, you know, yelling, uh, that kind of thing. Sure, fine, that might happen. But otherwise, you, your droplet masks are, are good enough. So if you wore a surgical mask, that is is at least manufacturer grade, you know that it's been designed in a way to filter out a significant amount of particulate matter in the air. Um, and so there's some wisdom to, to wearing something like that, especially if you're immunocompromised and you want to be really careful um, about acquisition. But the same thing, I mean, I've seen people wear, you know, high-grade masks, even N95s or KN95s, and it's not fitting them right or it's, yeah, it's yeah. uncomfortable, so then they swing it on one side of the head or something, you know. Um, just wear the right one that covers all of your surfaces. That makes sense. Uh, Kara in Beverly Hills says, my daughter's period was delayed after she got her vaccination. Do we know how the vaccination affects women's menstrual cycles and whether this will be a concern for children who receive the vaccine? Kara's not alone in bringing this up. In fact, several days ago, we had a listener who called in and said uh, after his girlfriend was vaccinated, she had not menstruated in several months. And he was asking about that. Do do we have much research on this, Dr. Gohill? You know, there hasn't been a huge um, amount, uh, you know, large sample size type of research. But yes, there has been emerging uh, data um, that that do not show any clear links between the vaccination and the any delays or disruptions in menstruation. Um, it is not you know, c- sure. Could you have the, the stress response? Um, absolutely, you can have. You know, where um, if you get vaccinated and you get really sick from the vaccine because you know, just like the cold and flu, you get sick or something. Um, you can delay your menstrual period. If you have severe amounts of misgivings or, or anxiety around the vaccine or, or stress around, even around COVID or isolation, you will delay your period. There's so many reasons why menstrual cycles get delayed and to be able to control for all, for all of those appropriately so you can make a conclusion, um, that has been very difficult. And so far, the data do not indicate a connection. We're talking with UC Irvine professor, physician, Dr. Shruti Gohill. We're at 866-893-KPCC. We have just a few minutes with her, so please don't hesitate with your question or email us at atcomments at kpcc.org. Please include your location and your first name. Uh, Amy and Torrance emailed us. I just got my third full dose of Moderna. Um, uh, I take steroids for Addison's disease, she said. Uh, and I'm having a very strong reaction, fever, chills, aches, headache, fatigue, etc. Is there anything I can do other than rest, water, and take Tylenol to treat the symptoms? Oh, gosh, I wish there was more, but that's about it. Um, 
you know, I, I think I, I'm a big proponent of electrolytes. Um, you, you forget how much you leak out of your system and, um, it, you know, coconut water. So potassium, you want potassium. So coconut water and banana is what I tell my patients. Um, and Hey, a little bit of chocolate, magnesium, you know, won't hurt you. Um, so, uh, whatever you can do to keep up your vitamin C and all of this, um, sort of hydration, it really does matter. You just have to kind of get, get through that time period. All right, Amy, we wish you the best. And I know you say you just got it. So uh, hopefully uh, within 48 hours, you'll see the majority of of those symptoms pass. We certainly hope so. Yvonne in Westchester emailed us. I'm curious to hear why we're seeing so many colds or flu circulating uh, if people are wearing masks indoors in public places. I think that's such a great question. You know, uh, I I was wondering the same Uh, last year. It was just nothing. Well, I think there's just more milling about. Um, and we, you know, last year, this time, many of us were really in a more isolated and more careful zone. And now we are in, in some would say quite appropriately out and about and trying to move on. Um, and, and so you're seeing more of this exchange. Why? Uh, masks are not everything. And we've been trying to say this, I think, and there's been such a focus on masks and I think it's a good focus. Fine. But, don't forget those hands, 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 hands. I know my kids are going to school and they're wearing their masks because they have to. Um, but guess what? They're getting colds. It's because they're not washing their hands. All right. Uh, and Dr. Gohill, speaking of, of your kids, uh, what advice do you have on trick-or-treating or Halloween parties on this Halloween weekend? Yeah, always tough because, of course, we're going right into this moment where, uh, are we going to surge again? <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, listen, this year is so much different from last year. We've got you know, a, a fair majority uh, who are vaccinated. We've got to uh, see what we can do to, to kind of move on. And so I think it's, you know, as opposed to last year, you know, trick-or-treating, your typical trick-or-treating kind of activities should be sufficient. Just exercise. Now we've been at this long enough. Exercise the right caution. Wear your masks and, and do your hand hygiene before you pick up, you know, other things. Or don't hang out too long with a group of people indoors, you know, without, um, without masks on, if anybody, especially if anybody is sick, I think you can have gatherings if they are, you know, if you have a way of really paying attention to the risk moments and then, um, allowing for, um, for us to, to have, uh, congregations like that with some maybe limited amount of people, you know, you don't want like a hundred people in one tiny little room. Um, but we know what we need to do. I think, you know, keeping ourselves safely distanced, um, while still enjoying ourselves and making sure that as many of the people you're hanging out with are vaccinated, uh, things should be, uh, much better. Uh, Andrea in Redondo Beach asks if you have any information about, uh, research being done on vaccinating kids under five, uh, and also wonders about any advice for families as holiday season approaches with gatherings, uh, how to, um, work, you know, with unvaccinated kids under five in those settings. Oh gosh. Yeah. No, um, that data are, you know, I have not seen the primary data on, kids under five. So I don't feel like I can comment. It's just emerging. We're not in that direction at this time. Um, so we'd just continue exercising the kind of caution that we had along in the last year, which is, you know, of course, kids under five or younger, you know, under two, gee, you can't, you can't put a mask and keep a mask on some of those um, kids. So the best protection we have is to protect herd around 
that kid, which is everybody else gets around and that uh, gets vaccinated. Everybody else uh, does all the things that we can do to minimize transmission. Um, and that should be, that should be really um, sufficient. We haven't seen COVID take off in that population uh, as yet. And so the current mechanisms by which we're protecting those little ones um, seem to be okay at this time. All right. And Andrea, please do not quote me on this, but to the best of my recollection, I thought in our conversation with UC Davis's Dr. Dean Blumberg, who's a pediatric infectious disease specialist, I thought I recalled him saying that Pfizer was actually doing its extremely low uh, dose of vaccine trials in six-month-old uh, to five-year-old, that they had started doing that, but there was still a lot of uh, data, of course, to be gathered over time. But it was, it was a, I don't remember even how tiny the dose was, but it was like one-seventh or something of, of, of an adult dose. But that's just, that's just my very uh, fuzzy memory of that. So I think at least that trial is underway for that. Dr. Gohill, thank you so much for being with us. As always, we wish you and your family a wonderful Halloween weekend, very safe and fun-filled, and we look forward to talking with you again. That sounds great. Thanks so much. Thank you, Dr. Shruti Gohill, Professor of Medicine and Associate Medical Director for Epidemiology and Infection Prevention at UC Irvine School of Medicine. Thanks for listening to this episode of COVID in L.A. If you'd like to stay up to date with the latest coronavirus news, you can listen anytime at las.com, at kpecc.org, or subscribe wherever you download podcasts. See you next time and stay safe. I'm Larry Mantle. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people.